We're looking at using your technology to standardize these pre-funded water on demand service contract systems so that we have a, a consistent fleet across the country. And that should be finally get us into the licensing business, right? It does. Um, the the Avermod or the modular water system program, the wastewater treatment plants, the Avera skid systems, the Avera tree systems that we are um, actively selling and delivering to the marketplace, they really set up the water on demand model. Uh, and the reason for that is, is that the owner, the, these customers that commit to the water on demand program, uh, their engineering teams, their construction teams, the in, owner end users, they know the quality and the type of equipment that they're going to get. And it's really huge on the opera, on the OPEX side, on the operations and maintenance side. And so when they know that they're going to get a really durable, well-manufactured um, piece of equipment, uh, it really makes the, it makes the water on demand model turn and move much faster, much more effectively. Welcome everyone to the Thursday night briefing. Water is the new gold. These clips that are being produced out of marketing, Kevin Pruitt, Stephen Eckleberry, uh, Josh Summers, and the Monarchy uh, marketing team are just fantastic. There's literally dozens of them and they are mining these um, CEO briefings and other interviews, turning them into very short clips that are then being sent out. So I'm very proud of how that's going. And I think we should applaud uh, that. I love great, tight content. All right. So I can certainly tell you that water is the new gold. There is the October 20th uh, briefing number 183. And yes, a new beneficial income asset. And it is, believe me, it is, we've been showing that it can counterbalance a lot of bad news out there in the markets. As usual, our safe harbor statement and our disclaimer for the uh, fundraising that we do. Okay, company news. All right, so we announced this week, uh, fantastic, Veramod has just taken off. And whereas for the first half of the year, they're only about 10% of our total sales. Um, October, the quoted systems were about half uh, pump stations, which is fantastic. <clears throat> now, the reason it's fantastic is because they're so standardized. These are standardized um, sleeves, essentially, that then have a pump at the bottom and Bob's your uncle. So that's some very nice stuff there. Dan Early was telling us about how Right there, there's a potentially $5 million a year customer, just one customer next year, which is wonderful news. And we're staffing it up as its own division, and we're looking to spin it off. This is what Tom Marchesella is working on. As your time is talking about how these are being quoted so fast. So really great news. What's happening out there in the world with water being conveyed is that it is either lost in pipes, but even more through the pump stations, because that's the connection point, right? And they're losing up to 30% of their revenue, which is huge because not only do they lose money and it makes the water cost more, but it makes this big impact on water uh, scarcity. We don't have that kind of water to save. So like I said, this is a really, really great project and uh, look forward to once, now that we're rolling out water demand, Verimod looks like our next incubated launch. Here's a typical look at a pump station. You can see the on the far right, it's looking inside it, down through the manhole. On the middle is the control system with the manhole, and then left is the same thing with the you know showing the manhole and how it goes deep. So that's this is a small one, but it shows how it works. Okay, size of market. We're looking at 
potentially a $220 billion market. And we really are strong in this area. Why? Number one, inherent corrosion resistance, the leakage problem just goes away. Number two, okay, so I have to tell you that not a lot of people care that something's going to last 100 years, except when the price is pretty good. So when you can save money, and also because of these materials not being so subject to the problems with uh, supply chains, people can get it sooner. We've taken off on that basis alone, that we're much more affordable, um, we're competitive in other words, um, and we are also much more available. And by the way, it lasts 100 years instead of 20 or 30. So that's um, a really good selling argument. All right. And um, again, consulting engineers love it. That's kind of how we're getting all that business. Good afternoon. I am coming to you live from one of our strategic manufacturing facilities located in Virginia. Um, it is Wednesday, October the 19th at about 3 p.m. And uh, what you'll see behind me is uh, one of our modular water system Everatreat wastewater treatment systems. This is tank one of a two-tank system. Uh, this system is rated at 17,500 gallons per day. And um, it's designed for a municipal application for a small a little small town um, in, in West Virginia. Um, it is complemented by our Everabox wastewater treatment modular equipment building, which you've seen that in a previous video where I was documenting that. It also includes our modular um, Headworks building, chlorine contact system, and our flow meter vault system. So this gives you an example of what this uh, technology looks like. Uh, just to give a sense of size and scale, it is about 10 feet tall. This tank one is about 25 feet long. Two compartments. Inside it is a sludge digester for sludge holding. Uh, the other chamber is going to be a flow equalization chamber that houses duplex lead lag alternating pump systems. And, um, and this is part of the uh, pretreatment and the first steps of the wastewater treatment process. I'm going to flip screened or flip the camera and then we'll do a walk around and give you a sense of some of the outside features. So continuing on uh, with my ugly mug out of the face, out of everybody's face and off the screen. So now you can see the um, see the what is going to be the right hand side of the tank system. See some of the electrical boxes. This tank is designed to uh, for a partial burial. That means it will be buried about seven feet in the ground with three feet coming out of the ground. So we have a three foot reveal. Uh, gives really good operational access to the system to give everybody a sense of, of how we would set this tank in the ground. If you'll notice at the bottom, we have an anti-flotation collar. Uh, this will engage a 36 inch thick, about a four foot wide reinforced concrete anti-buoyancy, anti-flotation collar inlet piping located right there at the top uh, for inlets and outlets. Um, I think we have flow EQ discharge actually. Um, this is pumping to tank number two. Uh, the six inch high water gravity overflow. Again, to give you another sense of the size and the scale of the system. The materials of construction are UV resistant virgin resin polypropylene plastic. 
We have a finite elemental analysis design used to design the tank system and the structural members. And that ensures that we have a very robust tank for final installation. And this here is the uh, end of the unit. While you can't see it, we do have a skid resistant top with all the access hatches, vents, and electrical penetrations. So again, tank number one with tank number one of our Everitreat wastewater treatment package, 17,500 gallon per day system. That is very nice. Um, yeah, a lot of technical terms there, but I thought you would still appreciate it. This is just the tank for a 17,500 gallon per day system. All right, let's jump back in here and talk a little bit about Tom Marchesello. I interviewed him earlier this week and he gave me an update on Origin Clear Operations. Mr. Tom Marchesello, how are you doing today, sir? I'm great. How about yourself? You know what? I'm actually super, super excited about how things are going. It turns out that um, we are the answer to people's portfolios because everything that's pre existing stocks, bonds, commodities, everything is in this weird mode where it's gaining, losing. You don't know what's going to happen next. Nobody knows what to invest in. Staying in cash, you lose all your, you know, you lose everything to inflation. Um, and it, but a novel asset doesn't have the baggage. And so we can actually create gains for people day one by being founders in water on demand. So uh, Ken and I are having a great time doing this. And um, so you're, of course, on the side that has to deal with all the heavy promises that we make. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's actually funny. You know, we're, we're like victims of our own success. As you as you succeed and you get more interest, and we have to build the business and grow it, you got to work harder. So I'm like, oh yay, we got to work really hard. But then you know, I mean, you kind of laugh about it a little bit because that's the kind of success problem you want to have, right? Like, and those are the kinds of things you can manage your way through or or, or hire your way into better support and staff. So it's. It's it's interesting. It's challenging. It's ironic. It's a lot of it goes back to like MBA school. Like you know, you read about it in the book. Like oh, we're gonna go through this experience, and you're like, oh, I'm actually living that for real. Oh my god, it's so amazing, huh? No, I, I believe me. By now, I'm like, oh, this is a new adventure. <laughs> that's, that, that's true. <laughs> so uh, let's dig into it. Um, you've got basically three activities that you're on top of these days. Progressive, modular water, and the new water demand line. So let's start with uh, what's going on over at Progressive and um, how those guys are doing in Dallas. Yeah, Dallas guys are crushing it. I tell you what, that business, you know, we had an incredibly strong year last year where we were building the business up and getting all the sales lined up. And then, of course, all that work really hit this year. So this year has been just heads down, jamming constantly, really, since the beginning of the year, since February, all the way now. And we had one of the busiest summers we've ever had down there where we wow. literally ran out of shop space. We had no more floor space to actually put another piece of equipment for a while. And we were just in the process of just trying to get projects done and out the door and shipped out so we can then drop the next project sequence in. And uh, that's really what we've been doing. So it's been a lot of very hands-on stuff. I had to even switch a couple of the roles of the guys just to put them really on production, just to get those projects done and get the next wave of projects through the cycle. So, Well, and also you got supply chain issues, which means you've got some half-assembled thing waiting for a particular yeah. part. 
it's been very frustrating. You know, we, the guys really take it personal too, because they're, they're so, you know, personally driven to succeed and do a good job for the customers. And we, we hate to call and be like, look, we're late on a project by a couple of weeks because this part simply didn't come in. You can have a hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. We're waiting on $2,000 worth of this little tiny part. And it's really just, ah, oh, just gets at you, you know? But kind of uh, so far, I've been hearing that the supply chain issues, while they're a pain, they're not they're not unsolvable. I mean, they're, they're kind of being handled. They resolve themselves over time, like everything else. You know, we've reached out to new vendors and new supply chain partners. We've switched some parts out. You know, we re-engineered a few things to make it work efficiently with some other type of vendors. A lot of this is just a reflection of the markets and the time. You know, mm-hmm. you're still dealing with all the overhang effects of the past. It did get better this summer, though. We did see some lightening of some of the process. We've seen some better pricing on some commodities. We've really? Seen, wow. Yeah, you know, things were getting a little bit better in a couple of areas. Uh, we actually found things like filters. We buy a lot of filters and membranes. Those got better. We got better pricing. We saw more mm-hmm. volume of those things. We didn't see the lag time as much. So, you know, some of that's been improving. Well, that's good news. And then uh, now modular water has been on a tear. We just announced uh, how well we're doing with pump stations. It's now become a significant piece of our of our quotation backlog. Uh, so looks like Dan is is having fun with that. Uh, what else is happening? There's been some hires, right? Yeah, yeah, we did really good. We we built more of a team around Dan and in the business model there. So you know, we had the engineering really tightened up. We had Dan really leading properly. Uh, we provided more support, not just on the engineering side, but also on the administrative side of finance. So now what we have is we've added Mark and Rob and Bill to Dan's team. So now I've got really established engineers and project managers who are very organized. We improved our process for how we move products into production, and then we monitor all the tasks and activities from procuring the parts to building the product. We have a really nice project management toolkit now. Nice. We quote the products better, so we're more tight on our margins as well as our expenditures, and then get that all into the finance department so we send our bills out and collect our ARAP balance. That's always a work yeah. of progress. <laughs> it's busy times over at uh, at finance. I think Prasad is like a one arm paper hanger right now. I feel bad for him because I'm always like, hey, I got more work for you. He's like, no, really? I'm like, yeah. It's like, but it's good. Like we we just literally booked in you know, a very big project the other day. I mean, it was a really lovely, you know, upwards of $200,000 uh, project. And yeah, it's a good win for us. And it's a good customer and they're solid and strong. And that's kind of work we want. Yes, and it's um, we've been able to actually. It's always been the problem of dealing with hard money lenders because they're really rapacious, is the word. But now that we've got an internal facility, um, and uh, we know the, our water demand investors are going to be very happy that we're generating revenue from lending internally, and uh, I think that's that's uh, it's a good way to go. Um, it's fair market rates; everybody's being treated right all around. But we don't have that. That horrible sort of, you know, you feel like you're just covered by a blanket when you have some lender, right? Yeah. You know, borrowing money is always a tough thing, right? You know, you don't want to take bad money. So in 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 the way that you've placed this facility in place, you know, we have good money to work with and friendly money to, to deal with. But the key on borrowing any money is you never take money you can't pay back, right? 
So in this case, you know, as an operating business, we know we're collecting our money. We know we have the sales. We know we have the ability to cash flow dollars in and pay the money back. So when we're borrowing this money, we feel good about it only so much because I know it's backed by actual real projects and real invoices and things will be happening. This is just time. How long will it take? Will it be two months or four months on collecting that, right? Exactly. So that's that's the intention for this uh, internal lending facility. And I'm glad it's helping. Um, I wanted to uh, share screen uh, and move over to Water Demand itself. Uh, this is a memo you wrote, um, gosh, over a month ago. Um, but I saved it because it was really the first time we sketched out a standardized product line. If uh, Would you like to just briefly uh, tell us what we're looking at here? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, at the time we were talking about just growing the water on demand program and how best to position this in the marketplace. You know, what we knew is that a lot of the work that you had originally done with bringing modular water and Dan and standardizing our products then had to get into, well, which is our best products that we have within that category that will be most likely to be a perfect water on demand fit. Yep. And so we, we saw that as an issue of sizing and price, right? It's usually the balance point. So I was saying, hey, let's go lead in the market with our MVP, you know, our most valuable product concept. And that would be kind of this wastewater product that you know, sits in the $100,000, $200,000 price range and deals with the 5,000-gallon, the 10,000-gallon you know, treatment systems. These are things that we sell often, and they're easier to put together. They're easier to get out the door. We've been actually having success selling them. And they've been going to commercial and real estate, you know, oriented kind of end markets, just like that, uh, you know, campground process or some of the other ones that we put in place. Great containerized systems. What we saw there was, you know, as we were working with the rest of the team, it's then how do you put that into the financial package to make this offering really entice, you know, uh, really good as a water on demand financing package. And then we were saying, well, then the next step up from that is your, your bigger version of this, essentially. Mm-hmm. This is our core wastewater product. That's kind of where we started, right? Because that right. core wastewater product was really <clears throat> so darn good at. And that's the stuff that, from the market standpoint, when you really go out to customers and you're talking with engineering firms or these good-sized projects, they're really looking for these 10,000 to 30,000 gallon a day you know, water treatment systems. This is going to hit the majority of those commercial real estate developments and or you know, small industrial commercial markets. And, and it's really what they need very desperately in the market. The good news is you can price these efficiently uh, in the price point we have here, or you can even really scale these things up because you want more treatment, you want to deal with more toxic stuff. I mean, these can these can scale up in price, which gives us the opportunity to make more money in a on-demand business model by act, adding, you know, pre-filtration or, you know, post-polishing or something of that nature. Yeah, and 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 there's that third one, which is uh, really that um, new product that we're putting together, uh, pioneering with that hotel chain. God, that was I'm it, excited about how many years like, ago? You and I, started that. You and I remember you and I were sitting in Hollywood. We're at that cool hotel having having the lunch with the the team there, and and we're like, this would be great. We're really excited about this, and and to really marshal it all the way through the system to where we. Installed one now. Actually, we're working on the second one, and there's a third one in the mix. It's awesome. I'm so happy about the, you know, the, the pure you know drinking water system. You know, what's it, interesting is the evolution of the market. Uh, of course, forever chemicals have, have become hugely important. The, the the project that we installed earlier this year did not have that module, 
Uh, but now the second hotel does, and we'll probably end up um, retrofitting the first hotel because everybody's concerned about the PFAs, right? Oh, um, yeah. I read about them all the time. Forever chemicals are forever, and they're forever scary. You know, it's uh, even like even at a home you know, level, like my wife is always talking about, have you heard about this? These forever chemicals? Should we have water filtration? I'm like laughing. I'm like, we do this professionally. It's like, you know, have like talked about it at the dinner table. It's entertaining. You know, but uh, the truth is it's so it really is important. And whether it's taking those chemicals out or other, you know, other microscopic chemicals like arsenic or mercury or whatever, it's like I don't want to be drinking weird stuff, right? You know, however I can protect myself, I'm interested in to be able to offer that now on scale to an entire building, a hotel. So when people are visiting these hotels, they feel happy, safe, and confident that they're drinking like the best, clean, purified water. That's mm-hmm. like a piece of mind. I mean, what's that worth? It's amazing. It's worth, it's worth peace of mind. And that's priceless, of course. Exactly. <laughs> so. Right on. Well, that's great. Um, so that's, that's the DBOO, Design, Build, Own, Operate. Um, activity, which is what how it's known in the trades, which we brand. The team's really been working incredibly hard. Matter of fact, like you know, it's we got to keep building a little bit more around them. You know, I've got a couple hires out, a couple job breaks out there to build up. You know, another product manager, another production manager. You know, got to get some improvement in procurement. So there's definitely some key key roles we're trying to fill and. A lot of this is also in preparation of next year, right? Because you and I have been talking about plans, got big plans, and now it's time to like get to the juice, right? I'm ready to squeeze those oranges. Oh yeah! And um, as I was telling you before the interview, um, I'm I really think it's time to do some, do some more mergers and acquisitions, um, in order to kind of control our own network of uh, fabrication. In fact, you were also going to relate how um, because of how our our node in Dallas is so packed up, you're actually yeah. diversifying fabrication, right? Yeah, we've, we've actually taken a few different steps. Like, you know, there are certain things that we were fantastic at in Dallas. And then there were certain things that were like, they, were, they weren't really our core capability. So what we did is we looked at that and said, you know, there are other specialty third-party manufacturing spots that have some specialization, you know, whether it was uh, control panels or plastic fab or steel, you know, framing. And so I was able to reach out to some other, uh, you know, fabricators to enhance our ability, you know, to do other work in other locations. Mm-hmm. So I know it sounds simple. It's like, of course, you know, you, you third-party sub. But why this matters so much for us is because it also means that internally, we had to be at a stage where our engineering was so good and our documentation is so good that we can hand that engineering package over to a third party and their engineers can look at it and go, I can make that. And then they're able to take it in, give us a quote and actually produce it and send it back the way we want. And I can tell you, we are that good. Our materials are that organized now. Wow. We can get quotes back and we get the work done properly. So it's, it's yeah. a really good spot for us to be in right now. Well, this is how the car industry grew. And basically they, everything was subbed out and the assembly plants, are just that they're just assembling components that come from all over the world really yeah so um, i love that you're doing that it's excellent um so you know i'm glad you're overworked it's really good news 
Thanks. Not much sleep. But, you know, (laughs) no, no, this is what we want. Look, in order for us to grow, to make money at the scale and get better margins and supply chain, all that stuff, you know, you got to do some things different, right? You know, you can grind it out in one spot or you can try to, you know, specialize a little bit and tap into some more resources. And we're going to have to continue to do this. In fact, we have to continue to grow. We have other things we're trying to do. I, I went on a bit of a, a biz dev, you know, track where I started identifying partners who we really wanted to work more closely with, who had great skills and a little bit more capacity. And, you know, right now we're actually about to place, you know, another order into one of those locations where we're going to really test out how good that third-party production is to get a couple of our key pieces made, right? And a lot of that stuff eventually comes back to Dallas for final outfit and search sure. and so forth. But some of the materials, can eat, we're almost at the point now where we can produce it at the third-party site, put it on a truck and drive it straight to the nice. location Drop without shit. having to bring it back in-house. That's really good news. It, it does take a little travel on our part, though. I've had to send my engineers on site a little bit. But it, that's okay. They actually like it. I think they have a good time. Right. Test out different barbecue in different cities. So, you know, <laughs> very important. You know, what the uh, sounds like all over the Midwest, you got to try out the different barbecues, right? You know, I went to Kansas, they had some good barbecue out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, young man, thank you. I think it's uh, very exciting what's going on. <clears throat> I know that's a constant battle, but I think uh, you're doing a great job. So, Tom, thank you very much and uh, look forward to getting another update. Uh, I think uh, probably around the time of the quarterly filing, which is the 15th of November, um, less than less than a month away, um, we're anticipating that, you know, it's going to be pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> and so we'll, we'll touch base about it. I think, I think we know because Prasad's done a great job of getting the numbers month by month as opposed to, you know, finding out literally on the day of the quarterly filing. So now we have a good, we have good insight and, uh, so we'll have another uh, discussion right around that time and uh, report to everyone how we've done. That sounds exciting. I appreciate it. Have fun. Be safe down there. Thank you. I, we work on it. Unfortunately, I think that the hurricane season is over pretty much. Um, so, well, I, I mean, it was su- super weird. Like, you know, I, I swear that thing was coming straight at you, man. It was coming to Tampa. I was like, wasn't oh, it? Cool. I was it like, turned. it went south. I was like, that was bad. And then what I saw happen to Fort Myers and Sanibel oh, and all that, I was like, so, oh, Lord. So we know a lot of people that were impacted, friends, family, even even people we work with. You know, like, well, you lived there before, before you moved to uh, China. I did. I lived down by Venice, you know, Sarasota mm-hmm. area. And like, literally, like, my parents were stayed. I don't know why they did, but they, they were out of power for like a week straight. Luckily, their house didn't get hit or nothing. They were fine. But there was days where we were like, just calling and texting and nothing. It was like eerie silence of like, are they there? We don't know, you know, but then when we started hearing back as people were finding it, like, you know, some of our friends that were down in Bonita and and, uh, Fort Myers and Naples completely lost their houses. Apparently like nine foot storm surge thing just came in, flooded that thing out and took it away. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Super bad. bad. Well, I'm glad you made the move out of town and just in time. So I'm, I think you must be counting your lucky stars. Uh, yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, Tom, again, thank you very much. And uh, have a great um, rest of the month of October, um, which is the first month of, four, of Q4. And uh, let's see how we're doing on November 15th. All right, looking forward to it.
Bye. Because Tom mentioned the uh, forever chemicals issue that we're now dealing with and incorporating in the new uh, pure water product, I thought I'd bring back, this was back in September, that we were extensively quoted in the premier water trade, Water Online, talking about the quality of the water being affected by these forever chemicals. Uranium is one of them, by the way. Arsenic is a big problem. And uh, 2.1 million Americans actually drink domestic well water, which people don't realize can be high in arsenic. And PFAS and what these things are, like Teflon and um, carpet treatments and so forth. Dental flaws. I mean, come on. Anyway, so that all has to be taken out. And um, we now have that ability. Okay, so with that, I'm just going to jump into some commentary here. First of all, I teased this a little bit with the um, CEO update. First of all, let's take a look at what the New York Times has to say. Uh, yesterday, I picked up this copy when I was at the grocery store. And they are saying, you know, with that the Fed is not letting up and policymakers are alarmed by rapid price increases, which are being fed by the Fed. Hello. And sure enough, here's the story that basically they're actually going to go higher than previously forecast. They're going to just kill it till it's dead, right? Keith Rutten, the Ford Motor Company of Clean Water. I like that. Very nice. I think you got the picture with the assembly line stuff happening in modular water. Coletta Sharp, Peace King. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now, here's an article that's very interesting. It's in Zero Hedge. And Cashman Austin Fitz was the Assistant Secretary of Housing for the first Bush. And uh, she's been sounding the alarms. Very smart lady. And here's some of the things she's saying. The Fed will defend the dollar and the world reserve currency status no matter how hard the stock market crashes, no matter how much the economy crashes, no matter how much the bond market crashes, and no matter how much the housing market crashes. Well, there are not a whole lot of other markets once you take care of that. <laughs> so um, what I'm saying about that is in this scenario, of course, no existing asset is safe and even cash gets inflated. And this is what investors should look for novel assets that are still below the radar. And that's where I'm talking about the emerging wastewater treatment market, which is being done on service contracts using the water as a service concept, which have some big players like JP Morgan Capital and VCs. But uh, uniquely and only at Origin Clear can you invest directly without being JP Morgan Capital or a VC. So that is very interesting. Now, what is the elephant in the middle of the room? I'm going to uh, take a look here. So we have here, the red is the Fed funds rate. And it topped out right there. It was flat up until about October 2018. Uh, well, November, Thanksgiving, really. And um, that was also the high point of the Fed funds. I remember very well, there was a lot of... Uh, commentary about it because there was pressure on President Trump to do something about it. And uh, he tried. But nonetheless, the uh, Fed funds started going way down. And at the same time as they went down, the S&P 500 went from a flat to an upgoing trend. And then we see it um, once again, the Fed funds go flat, which starting in uh, basically early February, maybe January, it just went flat. And then they started taking off big time. So that was February of 21. 
February 22, they started really taking off right there. 3 Gen 22, that was the S&P peak. And it was also when the Fed funds came out of that flak trend and started taking off. And right here, you have the high of 8 November 2018 being reached somewhere in June of this year and taking off beyond. So we're just in a whole new world. And of course, the S&P 500 is showing that going down. So we know that the stock market is very, very sensitive to the Fed funds. And what we know is that the Federal Reserve is determined to defend the dollar. This is We're seeing all kinds of actions worldwide to basically suppress other currencies. Uh, I know the, the, the British pound is in deep trouble. And uh, the euro has flipped from being worth more than a dollar to being far less than a dollar. And again, that's due to the induced energy scarcity that's occurred. Whatever you think of the war in Ukraine, it's pretty self-inflicted wound to actually cut your own throat. But that's actually intended. I'll, I'll show you that in a second. So here we have more, more scary stuff. Mortgage rate trends are now on the 13th. They hit 6.92%. Hasn't been that way since like 2002, looks like 2000. Uh, April 19th, 2002 was 6.94. So we've gone the full route. We went all the way down, 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 down. But what's scary is how fast it's rising, right? This is an interesting stat. Renters surpass homeowners in 41% of zip codes in the 50 largest US cities. So zip codes all over the country, really. Miami, Denver, Houston, Phoenix, Chicago, everywhere, really. and. Uh, Taking a closer look at it, you can see that the percent change in renters is crazy. Look at those percentages. So we've had a boom in renting, which means people are not able to buy, right? This has been going on for some time. There are the uh, newest renter majority zip codes. Philadelphia has the most um, the transition to renter. But you know, notice, in fact, even the area where I, where I live right here at Tampa Bay, it's it's got that too so it's pretty much all over the country but we can see the big bubbles is where it's really happening for example las vegas um houston uh, jacksonville iowa and um illinois not pretty not pretty now meanwhile bill gates says it's really too bad about the global energy crisis but it's good in the long run well, thank you very much for that. What they're saying is, well, it's really bad that the energy picture is hurting people, et cetera, but we have to go there anyway, so we kind of have to stick with it. Clearly, he's not somebody who is having to put on extra layers of sweaters to stay alive. Personally, I think it's mad to use a politics of scarcity to bring about this change because it's being done by hurting people. But it is what's happening, and it's going to continue. That is what the policy is of the elites that are trying to move us beyond fossil fuels. Now, remember, I, this company used to be in, in the business of replacing fossil fuels with algae as a biofuel, and I strongly support getting rid of fossil fuels. But you do it by replacement, not by just getting rid of all this energy and just shutting everything down. So that's kind of how it's going, and I don't think it's going to stop. We have to be well aware of that. Now, here's a really fascinating, this is a scary stat. 
looks like farms are no longer making money. Look, the nominal production expenses is just showing how they're rising. And then there's a second one, which shows how it is inflation adjusted, meaning that it's being overcome by price increases. The problem is, is that they can only charge so much when people start buying. So they have, they're kind of stuck, right? Like if I go to the grocery store, yeah, I'll find a dozen eggs at $7, but I'll also find them at $2.50 on deal. So you're, you know, shoppers are looking for those deals, and that's kind of how the supply chain is staying alive. So I don't think it's a great trend myself. And finally, we have a problem with re retirement plans, which are really uh, in a bad place. So 401k, by the way, 135000 is not a lot, but that's what people had. And now it's worth a lot less because of stock market going down and also inflation. And so the combination is harming the value of 401ks. Well, I'm going to invite the man himself on board to discuss these trends and uh, not a pretty sight. I suppose you were talking about me being not a pretty sight, but that's okay. <clears throat> I turned the camera on anyway. No, you're a pretty sight. But thank the, you. See, I was fishing. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Jesus. Well, let, let Amanda do that. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not here to, uh, to uh, give you. Why would she do that? I'm married to her. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, but, you know, here, the thing is, is with all this depressing stuff really says that a lot of, of hurt is baked in. And what I think we know is that all this stuff eventually recovers. But in the meantime, you have to somehow make your way through it. And that's why last week we showed that great spreadsheet with the, um, the, compa the, the comparison, the portfolio comparison. And for those of us who are new to the, this, who haven't seen it, here it is again. And so making a few assumptions there, kind of like drew a picture of uh, what it would be like. And this comparison uses artificial assumptions, artificial, as I spelled it. Please rely on your own calculations of forecasting. So looking at overall, I think a loss overall um, by one year from today of 34% is fair. Overall, I would love to have lost 34% so far. Right. Now, I'm, uh, you know, we're trying yeah. to be conservative here. Yeah, of course. The overall loss from inception, negative 19%. Now, if you factor in the Series Y investment of 100000 against that, then um, we have uh, roughly a tripling of the price, 200% uh, increase, and, and then a further 100%, which makes it from 100000 to roughly basically six times. And that makes it so that it's not negative 19, it's positive 25. And even if the price remains the same at the present, a year from today, uh, which Nobody plans for it, but if it remains at three cents, we will still uh, be ahead, well ahead, and show and and taking a minus nineteen percent to just minus one percent. So it's a really good hedge. I guess you might say that water on demand is a hedge fund. <laughs> it's a hedge. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I, so I actually walked a couple of people through this week, um, and it's believe it or not, it's funny because the the scenario their personal scenarios were very very close that i said does that look about right he goes oh my god he goes yeah it looks really you know so it, just by kind of using you know your best guesstimate um 
you know, the portfolio size, what they were down. Uh, these were conservative investors. And, and w- w- what we averaged was about 11 or 12 percent in water on demand actually got them ahead. Now, the, the preferred aspect of the Origin Clear grant also assures that no worse than stock price today. Right. So in other words, it's not like, well, what if I go on the market? And it's no, that doesn't happen. Right. We, we keep it in preferred until we see the positive movement. So what I was able to do is take two guys with a million dollar portfolios that were down about three hundred thousand dollars. And with one action, just they were they were whole. Oh, my God. They were they were they were very happy. Um, and, and I the way we're going to be. Um, designing this in our site with that with that beautiful online you know, that online calculator, I think will allow a lot of people who are all thinking the same thing as us, where the heck do we put our money? Look, $4 trillion of wealth was lost. That's an insane amount of money to lose. Yeah. You know, and, and some people at a certain age don't get to recover from that, right? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make sure that, you know, look, um, Ed Dowd was saying, uh, and I, I think Ed Dowd's brilliant, um, he basically said, look, even if when there's blood in the streets, there's always some opportunity. Um, and, and I extended that com- that comment by saying everything that is dying right now is suffering from what? Demand destruction. Right. Right. Find the one asset that can that's immune to demand destruction. And you and you were listing off all of these. Um, uh, you said stock market, you know, what, what uh, with Ms. with Ms. Fitz had said, she, you said. Uh, something along the lines. Let's see. I think I wrote it down. Um, oh, there's not a lot more markets out there that I know. Of. Well, I do know one. Um, water as an asset, water as a service. Um, right. Because it, it, it's, it's just, you know, what it reminds me of is when um, at one time, um, AT&T was the entire telephone market, 100%. Right. And then what, what got pulled out of it made huge gains for the people like, Remember MCI, all these mm-hmm. these companies just the baby bells. You had Ma Bell, and then you had the baby bells. Yeah, exactly. So they're the baby bells, and but also that was regulatory. So uh, you know, but but in addition, there were commercial businesses, um, and of course the mobiles so forth came out of the uh, the AT and T breakup. So when you have a breakup like this, there's tremendous gains to be had. Right. Um, so uh, AT and T could never grow at a thousand fold in the next decade. However. Splitting up the individual business units that have unique areas in the market and making them, and they're tiny by comparison. All of them can grow at a thousand percent in the same time, you know, in that same time period, right? So it, it becomes almost like a like a magnifier. And I think that that's what you know with our business units spinoff strategy. I think that part that's part of what we're trying to bring to the market. Who was it? I was it McCall. He built a a private line in Texas, a private telephone line. And that became um, a, a court case that he won. And that was the beginning of the end for AT&T's uh, monopoly. By the way, Paul Fetcher says, peace on Today Magazine. Um, as soon as USA Today, farmer's margin has been wiped out by increased energy costs. And uh, I just pulled it up, but it's a YouTube. I don't want to play it right now. So but- the, the only farms that are surviving are the small local, uh, you know, kind of locally based farms. Wow. Because the transit costs, right? Transporting large, you know, that's that's killing that's killing margins. But I bought blueberries yesterday that came from Peru. I don't know what's going on. 
what you have is they won't be coming from Peru. What's happening is you have locked in contracts that are still bringing those. Right, they were probably purchased months ago, right? At, at a vastly different. You know, right. They, they, were, they, they almost have like a futures market, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, if you bought fuel a month ago and it's delivered now, you know, you, you think you paid less. Um, but essentially you paid the market at the time. Just like gas stations are pricing in replacement cost of fuel. That's why prices go up. Gas station prices go up, even though they go, well, the gas that's in there, it, they, they, have to, they have to price in replacements. The same thing with me. Um, so, uh, but also, I, I think, as Paul says, running the tractors still costs money. Right. All of the so all of the all of the concentrated animal farm beef that you're seeing right now is last year's harvest. They have slaughtered all their herds because it was too expensive to feed them with fertilizer and feed and diesel. All right. It was just too expensive. So there's going to be that, you know, you have this right now and then it's going to you know, you're going to have that major drop in available beef. Um, and that's just going to be one of the things. It, then it becomes super real to people. You know, a lot of people are still able to go to the supermarket, find, like you said, find the find the steak on sale, find the eggs on sale. Um, I think those 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 opportunities are going to be fewer and far between. At the end of the day, all of this is whether it's organic or mechanical. The demand destruction is what created all of this. Water, you know, as long as there's life on Earth, demand for water can only go up. Indeed. So, you know, in terms of our strategy, we are really taking this story, this this online calculator concept, and we're rolling it out widely so that really we are the the saving grace for investors. People need yes. an, a, an exit door so that they can go, you know what, I'm just going to put this other stuff like under a Chernobyl cap. You know, it's just going to be capped. Yeah. I'll just leave it alone. Yeah. Like, like what I've done with my my crypto. I'm like, I'll revisit crypto in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. So, but uh, it's okay if you're making money elsewhere, your average is good. So you're not worried. It's like, okay, fine, whatever. He, here, here's the thing. People want to average down in the market, but they don't know how to find the bottom. And they don't know when the bottom is. Or maybe they've, they've exhausted all of the risk capital that they want to. By essentially averaging down your entire portfolio and bringing it whole today, but with one, with that's why I got a, I got a lot of thank you, thank you. I was like, no, thank you. They're like, no, thank you. Because what we're able to do is the way this thing is structured, it's a, it's multiplied already by virtue of how it's structured. It's very, very unusual. So $100,000 investment, I think you showed in the calculator, was like $300,000. Sure. Right? So you're just adding $200,000 to your portfolio without putting in the capital. And that's a breath of fresh air, which is- That's the immediate one. That's what- yes. Oh, yeah. Forget about the long term. Right. Yeah. Right. That's today. That's right. And that's in stone to, because of the structure and the, and the preferred uh, with the price protection. Right? Yeah, but this is now, how hedge funds work. Right. Yes. Because they bring countering investments. They say one thing's exactly going right. this way. Let's say, for example, energy prices go up, so it hurts farms. But hey, let's jump into an energy producer, right? And so the hedge fund takes advantage of the 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 tide running the other way for other sectors of the same thing. And that's what we're doing here. We're basically hedging people's portfolios. It's why airlines buy fuel fuel futures, right? I mean, so they can they can you can buy a ticket and still pay that amount even if fuel doubles because they've made it up in their fuel. So we're, we're essentially doing that. Okay. No, no. If Delta bought a rest stop operator on the freeways as a, as a counter, right? Because everybody's driving, everybody's driving. That's more. true. That's true. You, you buy something completely offsetting. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yep. 
Good. Well, fascinating. I'm very excited about this new direction. I think that we are the answer. We just got to get the word out and we're getting good at that. We're getting really good. I'm very pleased with how we're doing. No, our um, marketing team is killing it. I'm very, very pleased. Hopefully we'll have some, we'll have a, a large megaphone next week. Correct. Correct. That'll, that'll get, that'll well, get completed. Castle placement is yep. uh, going to be uh, putting its system up and also I hope to be filing the uh, Regulation A offering by the end of the month. We what we've been working on is is really the God is in the details at this point. You know how to price. It turns out it's harder to price a private company than a public company. Yeah. Well, because the market prices the private or the public company, right? Um, the um, you want to read Jamie's or. That's too funny. James Wright says, I'm waiting for water to be so scarce that the plants expand their consciousness and start capturing humans to use as a water source, finally getting back at the humans for all the planetary destruction. I think it's poetic. That's like a, that's like a science, that's like a Solian Green science fiction thing. No, right? it's the day of uh, the Triffids. Day of the Triffids. Yeah, right, right. That, that was the um, So to put it plainly, if you're like me and you're wondering you know, you have that analysis paralysis, right? You know, you want to make a move. You don't want to make a move. Um, by entering this novel asset class at a time where it has the maximum built-in upside, it's really, really timely. Right on. I'm not going to say this uh, person's name because he's saying something that I don't want to quote him on. I would like to say I'm truly, I truly believe in what you guys are doing. I see a lot of things online on people trying to contradict what you're trying to do, like water will always be there. Sure, of course. But they don't realize water can be polluted. And as I pointed out, 30% losses in through leakage, et cetera. And it has to be cleansed or cleaned. Keep up the good work. And I'm also looking to invest in this company by the end of the month or early November. Bravo, sir. Bravo. Outstanding. With that, I'm going to thank everyone. We have a report next week uh, from Ivan Anz, who's touring South America, getting huge mainstream media down there. And by the way, South America is a place that I believe has tremendous potential. I think the whole global South has tremendous potential, but we're going to hear from him. The, the point I'm making is that Ivan is truly spreading the word. The video I shot yesterday with him is going to be published next week. So we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, everyone. It's briefing again. Invest at originclear.com, Marcus. Or, you know, or simply talk to Ken, you know, which is um, just to repeat oc.gold slash Ken. Uh, if or when it really goes global with the company, or may I say with us, because I'm going to be an investor, how do you see the stocks that will rise only because I'm looking to invest not in myself, but for my children and my children's children? Very good. Well, sir, I, we will cover that next week, which is the basket of stocks that will be mm -hmm. generational. I think this will be fascinating. So thank you. We'll cover that next week. And in the meantime, if anybody wants to talk to Ken, this is how you do it. Again, thank you, everyone. I'm going to shut it off now because I'd never like to go over an hour. Have Peace out. Day. Love you all. Good night.